Welcome to The Real Zodiac, a film retrospective podcast dedicated to reminding or introducing you to some of the most iconic films of all time, stirring up memories of ones you forgot or wish you could forget, and every film in between. Your hosts will be your tour guides and sometimes companions along this journey down the rabbit hole. Be warned, though, there will be blood, guts, more than a few bullet casings, love, despair, tears of joy, and cries of agony. Some from the hosts themselves, because some of these movies will make them wonder why did they choose these movies. Good luck, oh, and of course, enjoy the ride. Rated PG-13, streaming July 3rd on Disney+. Plus. Hey guys, and welcome to The Real Zodiac. We are back, and we are on musicals. Yes, this is um, our first time doing musicals on The Real Zodiac. We usually always trail off, it seems like, um, towards the end of the year, and rightfully so. Things just get so busy. Holidays are right around the corner. But we are back. We are starting fresh. This is a 2021 edition of The Real Zodiac doing musicals. And with me, as always, is my wonderful co-host, Amanda. Hello, hello, hello. It's a new year. And I'm not saying it's, it's a new year. It's a new us. You know, we're kind of just doing that show and we're going to have a lot of fun. I'm really excited because it's like it's not like we're starting fresh, but like it's a new year. Like we've officially been doing this for two years now. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, well, no, this will be our third year um, because we started back in 2018. Well, no, no. I'm trying to remember now. It doesn't matter. Point is, we're we're here. <laughs> we're excited. Um, and we are talking about a film that I just, I don't even know where to start because it got its debut on Broadway. Actually, I'm the wrong person to, to really talk about the, the history of this film i want to bring on our first time guest uh she is wonderful she's been heard on many other podcasts she has some great things to say about this certain film slash broadway hybrid that we got to watch um for the show and we'd like to welcome june hi thank you so much for having me i'm so excited to be here yes Yay. i mean we Yay. amanda and i had the conversation we're like okay we're doing musicals what's a really big musical that's going on right now and then immediately after that i was like well i mean it's got to be june we got to do what june what are we doing today um hamilton <gasps> the thing that i've been talking about <laughs> since july yes yes we're doing hamilton <laughs> Hamilton. But the, it's but, but honestly, Disney Plus, like if you looked at the data, it would just be Mandalorian and then Hamilton because I watched Hamilton over and over again. There was that one time I did watch Mulan, but like really that's all I've watched. <laughs> that's pretty like, much on Disney Plus. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, it's just like constant Mandalorian and constant like Hamilton. Right. 
I have so, to I have to yeah. ask, and I don't know. I mean, if it's not a feasible number, because I mean, like you said, you watch it all the time. Do you know? Have you tallied how many times you've actually watched this? Oh no, I wasn't even gonna attempt that. Okay, um, good. Because it's just, <laughs> what, what's so funny though is like, so I have the soundtrack, right? Like I can listen to the soundtrack, but what I just for some reason I'll put it on and I'll have it on in the background while I'm like doing work or I'm doing laundry, and then like it occurs to you, I'm like, I have. I have the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Like, I can just listen to the soundtrack. Well, the soundtrack is the whole show. I mean, yeah. all, pretty much all things. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is, the soundtrack is, is it. I don't know. It's just uh, – but I do like the live performance, I think, maybe aspect of it. So I just – I have it. It's just always on in the background. Right. So not to put you on the spot in any way, um, but can you give us a little background of Hamilton? Right. So – it's actually so Lin Manuel Miranda, who everybody knows now, but he, this is not his first hit musical. Um, back in like the late 2000, like 2007, 2008, he had a hit musical called End the Heights, um, and they're actually making that into a movie. Um, so that won a Tony. You know, he's brilliant. He gets all the accolades, and then right after In the Heights, he goes on, you know, a very needed vacation with his wife and they're going to the Caribbean. He was like, I'm going to be on this beach. I want like a, he's like, I want like a historical book. Like I just want like a really sort of like in-depth, like really large, like, like historical novel. And so he picks up this Hamilton biography by Ron Turnow. Now Ron Turnow is like one of the most prominent historians. Um, like he is a top a uh, scholar of American history, especially, you know, around the time period of the Revolutionary War and with the Founding Fathers. So, Lin Manuel takes he picks up this biography. He's in the Caribbean and he's reading this biography of Alexander Hamilton. Whom, the only thing I knew about him was like he was the vice. Pre- he goes, he was shot by the vice president, and he was the Treasury Secretary. He's on the five dollar bill. I knew nothing about this Founding Father. And for Lin Miranda, he's like reading this biography and. He's like, this is hip hop. Hamilton is so hip hop. And he starts formulating the idea of like, at first it was going to be like a rap concept album about Hamilton. And then as he continued to work on it, it became clear it needed to be a stage production. But it's kind of insane. Like, I I don't personally think of hip hop when I, you know, I don't relate the two. I don't relate hip hop and Hamilton together. In that genius, weird brain of Lynn Manuel Miranda, that that he made that connection and produced and made this great musical. That just um, means he's a super theater kid. You know? Oh, he is. He is <laughs> like he loved it. Yeah, he um, he is very much a big theater kid. But it's just, but he's also so into hip hop. Um, he's uh, he's my age, so um, I think Amanda, you're on my age too. Mm-hmm. If you were in middle school and high school in the '90s, so like oh, that's yes. his. So that rap, like B.I.G., um, yes. Nas, yes. I about died. <laughs> yes, like, they like that's like in Tupac, like that, like that '90s era of rap, like that is his. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of you could hear like the influences all throughout Hamilton. So, oh, yeah. um, but you know what? So then um, Disney. So pretty much all Broadway musicals, they will film like they'll put together a film like or a taping of the stage production. A lot of times it's just for archival purposes. Every once in a while, you know, like it gets thrown on PBS or something. So 
And then people knew that there was a taped version of Hamilton with the original cast. Um, and then, and then it became known that it was getting floated around different production companies and Disney was the one that ended up with it. And I think it was, it was originally supposed to be released in the theaters. And I want to say it was supposed to get released in the fall of 2020. And then COVID happened and there were like the theaters were closed. And so, and then they made a decision because there's no new content coming out. Let's drop it on Disney plus and we'll do it early. We'll do it 4th of July weekend. So that is, so basically what's on Disney plus right now is a taped, um, they basically filmed the stage production. It was like the last three stage productions with the original cast in 2016. So it was like the, the last three shows that they did. And then they compiled it and uh, created this basically just a filmed movie of the actual stage performance. Wow. So, and that's what's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I heard it was like two live performances, and then they did uh, three different um, sections of no audience to where they could yes. get the close-ups yes. and something like that. So it was mm-hmm. like a full Like during weekend. rehearsals. Yeah, it was like a full weekend of, or I guess from like Friday to Tuesday of filming this. Mm-hmm. Nine different cameras. Yeah. Gosh. I mean, it's, it's an endeavor. Yeah. yeah. And it's brilliantly edited because you would have no idea that this was – very that seamless. Many different segments. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it seemed very seamless. Like it looked like it was all one, and I thought it was until, like you said, June, you told us that, and I read something about it afterwards. But I, I'm very weary about like looking up too much stuff in terms of the production value because I want to like give the movie what it what it wants us to do and capture us in the beginning or capture us in the film, and then I look up all that stuff afterwards. And yeah, I would never have known. And then. Like, it makes me want to watch it again just to kind of see, like, just see the different takes or whatever. Because that mm-hmm. is, it's, it's an endeavor for sure, like you said, Amanda. Yeah. And I, and I think what helps is, so I, I have, I've, I've been lucky to see Hamilton on stage. Um, oh. Yes, but they're not, but not with the original cast because, yeah. um, like, that is not possible unless you're the president of the United States. Um, <laughs> so, and, and then your buds with the president and, you know, Lin-Manuel and President Obama were, were like, they were like besties. Um, and that actually is also funny, too, the way this whole thing came about. And you, everyone, I, I do encourage you just to look this up. In 2009, the Obamas, um, yep. they hosted, it was uh, like kind of like a live poetry night. Um mm-hmm. It's, this is like a baby Lynn Memoranda. This is like 28-year-old Lynn Memoranda. And so this is Raptor in the Heights. You know, it won a bunch of Tonys. So everyone's thinking he's going to perform something from that. He goes up on stage and he's like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to perform the thing that, like, I'm known for. Um, I'm actually working on a concept album. It's a hip-hop concept album about Alexander Hamilton. And everyone laughs. I think it's a joke. But then he goes into it and he raps the opening number. And wow. by the end of it, and by the end, and like you just see, like they they cut to like, you know, President Obama and Michelle Obama, like they cut to their faces, and you just kind of see, like, and then different people in the audience, you just see their faces, like everyone just kind of you're mesmerized by yeah, what you're knows. watching. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, and that was it, and that was in 2009. So that oh, was kind gosh. of like the birth. That was like the birth of it, really. I mean, and then it just took off from there. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you watch the um, the performance that they had for the 
Obama's leaving the White House. Yes, and actually, I will. Well, yeah, we'll uh, we'll get to because there's there's one song they sing. Yeah, it was heartbreak. It, it was heartbreaking. <laughs> heartbreaking. Now, oh. heartbreaking. Like so, <laughs> completely different way, but yes, uh. but but yeah, no. This is um. Well, I think what helps too is that um the director of the state of the original stage production is Tommy Kale. He directed this film version. So the, he's the director on the film version. I think that was very smart. Mm-hmm. Of because of him to know exactly which close ups were necessary in certain scenes. Okay. Perfect. I love that. You, you know, and things like how like where the cameras should go in certain scenes to pick up. Um because obviously they're not they weren't just gonna like sit a camera like in front of the stage and you just watch the whole thing, you know. So I think it was very smart to get the same director that directed the stage production of it. I agree. Yeah, I, but, uh, I what is your oh sorry, quick. No, you're fine. You're fine, you're fine. I, I just had a thing that I wanted to say. I could tell like a lot of the direction and everything that they chose was just used very very well because of where and when, especially with the choreography, what you need to be paying attention to in terms of like the theater production. And I thought they did that so well for you know the two hour and forty minute production that is Hamilton. Mm-hmm. So that was all I wanted to say there. Go ahead, Amanda. Oh, nice. No, yeah. Um, I was just curious, but since we're now into musicals and this is kind of our first. To go around with this with Quentin and I, but um, June, what's your uh, musical history like? I mean, I grew up watching them as a kid, so mm-hmm. I love Sound of Music. I've always loved Sound of Music and West Side Story. Um, funny thing is, I like the movie versions of those. Right. Um, I'm not a fan of the stage productions. Like, I, I actually will not go see West Side Story on stage or like Sound of Music on stage. Like, those are. They, those are actually better as film adaptations. Um, but, and, but then I also, I also love musical theater and I was a dancer as a kid. So I, I kind of grew up watching, like, that was the thing, like the family, like we would take like family trips, like once a year. Um, I lived in Georgia at the time. So we'd go to Atlanta to the Fox Theater Atlanta and we'd watch shows. And then in high school, I was being, a, if you were a dancer, like at my high school, then you were automatically going to be in all the, musical numbers uh, or the, all the musicals because every spring every spring we did a musical and so they needed background dancers so if you were a dancer you were automatically in it so i was in greece uh guys and dolls um and then well oh once upon a mattress oh, so me too me too you were once upon a mattress <laughs> yeah. i mean it's just i was one of the little background people so so yeah i can't sing like that's the thing i, I cannot sing like at all <laughs> and I could dance, so I could just be in the background and dance. But I've just always loved musical theater, and so, um, and I know it can be cheesy and not, but it's just something I just I love musical theater, and I will always like. And there are certain ones that I just like. I I just I will watch over and over again. Mhm. Same. So what about you, Quentin? Um, I. <laughs> I am a music teacher, and I think people know that about me now, and I dedicate mm-hmm. my life to music, but I think I've seen maybe four musicals in my entire life, this being the fourth, <laughs> so... Wow. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It's not like I don't have a... Dis- I, yeah, I don't hate them. It's just I never ventured out and thought, I'm going to watch this musical, you know, like I just... 
it never really crosses my brain. It just, it feels like such a task to like go see it. And, um, yeah, I've, I don't want to give away all the other musicals I, I, I watch because we're doing, we're going to be doing one of them on this show. So I want to kind of keep it down low, but yeah, I, I've never really grown. I've seen like, like Pacific, South Pacific, I think it's called. Um, I've seen that one, um, like on a stage and I've seen Les Mis on a stage in St. Louis. Um, Oh, I love that one. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I can't tell you anything about it. Like, I don't remember it, you know, like I, it just, the musicals to me just don't stick in my brain for some reason. And I wish, and I don't know if it's just because like, I just, I'm not really paying attention or something. And you know, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know why musicals to me just do not really land for me. Um, and it's not a fault to any of the people that go into this production because it is, it is something that, you know, like you have to prepare for countless and countless hours. And especially when it comes to like Broadway shows. I mean, I, I saw American Idiot because I'm a big Green Day fan, but I was going to ask because I keep at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I right? saw American Idiot when it was uh, touring and everything. I didn't get to see it with Billy Joe Armstrong playing St. Jimmy, um, but I like I like that, you know, but I don't remember anything about it except the music, you know, like because I know that music. I, I know that music, but like, yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> but like other than that, I don't know. It's. It's just something. And so, like, I'm really hoping that June and especially Amanda, like, you guys are helping me get into this mindset of why it's so important that musicals are, like, I don't know, beloved and everything. Because my brain just turns off as soon as, like, I see, oh, this is a musical. Like, In the Heights, that that uh, is coming out, and I saw it as a musical, and I knew it was Lin-Manuel Miranda, and I was just like, well, okay. You know, like, I just... I want to know. I want to. I, I'm hoping that after tonight, um, after this recording, I'll have a new appreciation for musicals. Yay! I hope so too. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Amanda? Um, uh, I am a theater nerd. Um, <laughs> like, I, I've. Oh goodness. Yeah. My poor clients this past week is I had tried to know, not really watch this TV version because I don't like movie versions of musicals. <laughs> I only like the live performance, the stage version, like anytime, like, you know, they've, what they've done, like, uh, lame is like 40 times oh, well, now. That, no, that is, yeah. I've seen lame so many times too. I do not like the, the Hugh Jackman movie. Yeah, I think it's terrible. And- it's so bad. And I, do, I do like the film version of Sound of Music. Like that's what my grandparents had as mm-hmm. one of their very few VHS tapes in the basement for us, you know, grandkids and stuff like that. So, and I've done that live production too. So, you know, um, I've until like probably the last ten years, I've been in a musical or a play of some sort, had my hand in it every year since I was probably eighth grade. So. Wow. Um, and the last musical I went to was the Evil Dead musical, which was in the summer of 2000. That is hilarious. Yeah. That is awesome. so funny. I've seen oh, that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's so, so funny. So good. And I was like, what was the last musical I've been to? Like, after I started watching this, because I was like, okay, just watch this movie. 
like it's Hamilton has all this hype. I was like, get into it and into it. And then I hear like the live audience. I literally probably, I was bawling. Like I was in tears. I was like, what's the last musical I've been to? What's the last play? And yeah, it was evil dead. And I was supposed to see Hamilton last year. It was going to come through Kansas city. And obviously, you know, things. Um, so <laughs> there, there yeah, was a lot no. of tied into this. Yeah. No, I, I, the last one I saw was actually was, was lame is cause it was on tour last year. I'm not, my husband and I were, we were kind of like, that was my birthday present. It was right the weekend after C2E2 guys, actually that following oh, weekend. Nice. We, and then they, and then every, literally like after that weekend was when everything started to shut down. Oh, right. And so we managed to watch like the last thing at our performing arts center. Man. So, oh, that's awesome though. Yeah. Could sneak it in there. Gosh. But, oh gosh, I miss theater so much. I now. do too. <laughs> I do All too. The aspects and the way that this was edited and filmed where the cameras were. And when you're a person on stage, because for the most, most of the time I was always ensemble, but knowing what you, those people do on stage, they're not just dancing, but they're also moving props and changing the scenery mm-hmm. without the audience realizing they're changing the scenery. And so all of those little tidbits, like I can't even, yeah, talking now, I'm just like covered in goosebumps or whatever. I have that, yeah, musical theater buzz going on. <laughs> Jeez, like I just, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> I hate yeah. to say this is going to sound like such a dick thing, but that's awesome for you guys. Like I just, I never, <laughs> I never got that. And so hearing you guys talk about this is like so eye opening because I, I had friends who were in theater, but they just kept that, I guess, so, you know, they never talked about it, I guess, you know, but like you can tell who were theater kids in high school and then also like hanging out with them in college. I have a, I have a college friend who is a theater person and she, I mean, it just feels like she's still on stage. Like when you talk to her and you love her to death. And it's just like that, that's the personality that they have, you know? And I just, I could never, I could never be on stage like doing that. I can, if you give me a guitar and a band behind me, yeah, I'm there. But like just free form singing and just like acting and you know d- just flipping around like no I cannot even imagine you know. <laughs> but there there are plenty of people who aren't theater junkies who like love musicals you know they just love seeing them mm-hmm. they never danced like a kind of like how they do or like a choreographed dance in their life and they're so. Like I said, I'm just I'm excited. I'm just so excited to talk about this because I'm ready to uh, to get my mind blown. Yay! Yay! Like, I don't even know where to start with this. <laughs> yeah, that's why I, I was like, yeah, okay, Amanda, I'll take it from here. Yeah, because there's, there's so many avenues that we can go. I mean, the the songs. Um, what do you guys want to tackle first? Like characters, or I mean. June, I mean, you've talked about this probably more than Amanda and I combined. So, like, what what do you think is fitting to even start on with this kind of film? Or, I'm sorry, I keep well, saying I film, think, but musical. You know, I think, and I because I think the fact that you have people of color playing 
founding fathers who were, you know, old white dudes. <laughs> Yeah, and powdered who, wigs. Who, who were owners? Who who were owners of people of color? You know, and so I think it's I think that that's such a power. I think this Hamilton especially was powerful because of the casting of you know you have you know black people, you have Hispanic people, you have Asian people being cast in these roles that are so like these massive historical figures, like the actual founders of this country, right? Oh. And I think it's such a good way to kind of show like here we are 200 years later and like look we are a melting pot like it's like the casting of hamilton is like this is what america is now mm-hmm. like and telling the history as people it's america now telling the history of how our country came to be uh, and i think okay. that makes it so powerful yeah i will then i wonder what moment that lynn was writing all of this that he had this epiphany where he was like I'm going to cast like this. Oh, from the beginning, because he was because for him, he was a theater kid, except, you know, he's like, I can be in West Side Story like so many only so many times before. Like, but there were no like there were no roles for, you know, someone who's Hispanic like they they didn't unless it was like West Side Story. And so he for him, that's why actually that is why like for In the Heights, In the Heights is about. Um, him growing up in Washington Heights in New York, which, you know, that is um, a predominantly um, Hispanic neighborhood. It's a very Latino neighborhood. And so he that's part of why he made that, though. He's like, I want to make musical about, you know, like people like me, people who look like me and about, you know, our culture. And then so he went into this saying, well, if there are no roles, you know, for anyone other than a white person, like then I'm going to create those roles. Man. I'm going to make awesome. my own thing. I'm going to make my own thing, and I'm going to cast all my friends in it. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So oh, that's that's some of the most beautiful stuff that I got out of this, too, because I was watching some reaction videos, and some of the reaction videos, they're, you know, friends that have seen this, you know, numerous times before and bringing their friends in, but everybody that was watching it was a person of color, and they were just like, I've never seen this before. And not not only had they seen a musical or anything before, because they just thought musicals were a white person thing, you know, mm-hmm. but they were just like, look, look at those people on stage. Like I, that's me. That could be me. And they yeah. just like moved and shocked. And I was like, Oh, that's amazing. It's heartbreaking, but amazing at the same time. Yeah. Representation. Mm-hmm. So I think that is the, I think that's what sticks out the most. And then just even just the concept, like you're going to make a musical, but it's mostly going to be rap mm-hmm. <laughs> about the founding fathers. Like, like none of this like sounds like, like none of this, like separately you're like, yeah, that, that doesn't work. Like that's the stupidest thing. Like anyone could ever come up with, like whoever came up with that is high. Right. Like you just don't like, <laughs> like, right. Like if you just look, if you just like looked at it by itself, you're like that, none of that goes together at all. And somehow it does. Oh, <laughs> and it, oh, it's oh. just like, it, it does. And then it just, it's it just so many things. Like it just kind of hits your soul. Like for me, even that, that, intro moment with Aaron Burr like narrating this super sad story like Alexander Hamilton's life just kind of sucked you know like I mean it starts out with like hey this kid's father left him so he's a bastard 
I lived in the Caribbean. Oh, and it's like mom dies, brother dies. He almost dies in a hurricane. He's poor. You know, it's just like, oh my, <laughs> like it just, and that's like the opener is like, here's a really, really terrible story about this guy's life as a child. And that's the, but that is a story, I guess, like of America, like, you know, right. It's the struggle. It's the, um, I'm going to raise myself up. I'm going to work hard and I'm going to, you know, do something and I'm going to, I'm going to make the world a better place. Right. It starts that like that from the, from the onset. So yeah, they did a really good job with this opening of just like, Hey, this is Alexander Hamilton. This is his story. And then you have the introduction with, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda and just like, you know, like it does, it starts off with a bang and just like the fact that from there it just goes, and he's meeting, you know, um, these other characters that we see in what in the song Aaron Burr, sir. Oh God, <laughs> yeah. And like, Burr, yeah, I think that is like, it's interesting to to see these characters and just the actors and the way that they're just doing this so confidently and just like the back of their hand. And I know that they've done this show already, f- like for a year or two when they were doing this um, performance. So, I mean, like, obviously that helps, but I mean, it just seems so flawless in the way that they were carrying the show. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you got to, obviously, because oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a production and they just do such a good job. So. Yeah. I guess that's what I love about this whole, knowing that they filmed with, on so many different segments and so many cameras that in theater, especially when you have a rotating stage, you have to be on your mark. Every oh, yeah. single time. Yeah, wait, you you miss it. Yeah. You don't have You're the freedom like... to like, I think I'm just going to go over here this time. Oh. Like, no, you have to be exactly where you need to be. And it's like going through one of those rotating doors, like, right? Like, if you're trying to go through a rotating door and you, like, don't get there in time, like, <laughs> it's, just, like it's ruined Or one, one foot's on the rotating disc and the other's still on, like, the stationary floor. <laughs> you're just, yeah. You're effed. I, uh, Splits, yeah. everyone. Yeah. I think they did a it's really so good job good. with that, if, if you don't mind me. I'm gonna, I, I just want to say the three duels that they have in this film, where I keep saying film. I hope you guys... I'm just, it's yeah, just what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, when they have the three duels that happen and they use that rotating um, disc or whatever, you, however you call it, whatever it's like actually called. But um, I think they did that so well and like really capturing the tension and just like the suspense of what's going to happen. Um, I, I don't know. There, there are some key parts that happen in this and it's all thanks to where they are on the stage and just how the thing, the thing rotates. I mean, it just helps build the scenery to from like a hundred to 110%. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. That was a, that was a great addition. And, um, I guess when they were perf- or like rehearsing this show before they were able to bring it to the stage, obviously you can't bring a rotating stage with you wherever you go. So they were rehearsing and blocking in a stationary place, and then they had to bring it to this stage and still do the same blocking, but they kind of had to redirect everything because they had to incorporate this, that, that 
floating piece and you know, depending on the situation in the scene, it was either going to go clockwise or counterclockwise. Right. So they kind of had to re wiggle some things around a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even think about that aspect too. Gosh, this is what you're doing guys. You're doing something here. <laughs> like I'm <laughs> yeah. appreciating things that I don't even think about. So I love it. Oh yeah. And I mean, I think like for, for like you guys, like who, who were your favorite characters, I guess, in this? Like, um, I'm going to go with King George. Uh, he was easily my favorite character just because of his songs. And obviously, <laughs> I have a thing for that actor um, who... John Lindgroff? Yeah, who we've seen mm-hmm. before in Mindhunter. And obviously, yeah. his stint in Glee. I'm all about him. Yeah. Yes! <laughs> oh, my God! That's the one oh. I go to. Yeah. Oh, wait. That's my go-to for him. I, I'm like, I didn't even hey, tell you guys. he's like the mean guy. Yeah, I loved Glee <laughs> because it was all music that I knew, you know? Like, it. Yeah. So, I understand. <laughs> yeah, Jonathan Groff. Oh, my gosh. I could talk about Glee forever because that... Oh, man. I loved Glee. <laughs> I loved it. So... Seeing him okay, again. I will say I loved I loved the first three seasons. I felt like it kind of. Oh, I don't think no. It, it <laughs> ends after the third season for me. So. No. Oh, for oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So good. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't. Count I will those. talk. I'll talk. I'll talk the first three seasons of Glee with you anytime because I do love the, I, those first three seasons are fantastic. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Everything. Agreed. Oh, yeah. Journey to Regionals, favorite episode ever. But, oh, uh, yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> but yeah, Jonathan Groff, and then I think my other favorite character is um gosh please tell me i'm right angelica mm-hmm. uh, mm. did i say it right the sister-in-law yeah uh mm-hmm. skyler yeah yep her i liked her a lot i loved her her toast oh mm. the reverse uh yes yeah. i love that whole aspect i was like oh my gosh they're incorporating Satisfied. this in here yeah i think oh they went how they reversed it, and then it's the exact same scene that you just saw. Exactly, yeah. And through her eyes, and it's just, and like beat by beat, like the choreography is the exact same. It's just, yeah, that choreographer, um, Andy Blanken, Blankenhauer, I think is his name, mm. he is fantastic, which is why I did not, okay, I never had high hopes for Caps. Um, like that was something, because <laughs> I, because I actually hate that musical, like the musical itself. Um, I never liked it, and then I saw they were doing this like movie adaptation of it. But then, like I saw that he's the choreographer. I actually still haven't seen it because um, I actually want to get a group together to watch that. I feel like that's more fun in a group setting. Um, I'll be there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but apparently, like from what I've heard, like the dance, like the choreography in Cats is terrible. No, and I wouldn't so know. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's, uh, yeah, that's heartbreaking. Yeah, but um. I think here just how the choreography it's it's choreography that I've just never I haven't seen choreography like this on stage. Yeah. It, it's so unique and then and the one thing that I do appreciate so having seen it live and that is it's a different experience it's a different way of looking at it but I do appreciate being able to watch this the tape you know like this film version of the stage production because I I like noticed things that I didn't that I missed in watching it live. Like, it made me appreciate the choreography so much watching it on Disney Plus. So I got to see all the little nuances. Oh, that's awesome! And so you're just like, oh my gosh, like just the like little things. Um, and I, oh. yeah, and yeah, it's so. Uh, 
I was saying, like, even in that Satisfied song where everything, they, you know, reversed and redo the same choreography, but the little bits that they changed in the choreography, like where she's singing about Hamilton and going through her three three reasons why, mm-hmm. um, then, like, the a part of the ensemble, like, lines up behind Hamilton to, like, because Hamilton's staring at Angelica, and then, like, them as, like, a, like, fate or history, you know, like, the powers outside of us like stand behind him and direct him and physically turn his body back towards Eliza. Yeah. And, like turn his head. Oh yeah. To where it's like, Nope, you need to be looking this direction, sir. Mm. So just the little tweaks that they did like that were like, Ooh, it's like they're ch- shifting his gaze. They're purposely changing it and shifting it. And you can see it through, through the ensemble, through the dancing. Mm-hmm. But Yeah. Oh. So th- that actress won the Tony for best for yeah for best actress that year. I, I mean, it won eleven Tonys. Holy but, cow, um, she did. She yeah, she oh, won wow. uh, the Tony for that. Um, actually, I do know um like almost everyone was nominated, but Aaron Burr won for leading actor, which I very um he and Lynn were actually both nominated. Um, I I will say I much as I, I much as I love Lynn Miranda, I love him. I yeah. think he's so ta- so talented. He is not the best actor I, i've seen him in other stuff and it, he's not, he's really he's not that's not his thing mm-hmm. yeah he has a, he has a niche but yeah when you're so, up against this this entire cast yeah so <laughs> so leslie, leslie odom jr as aaron burr he won i think that was a given um and then i think there were three people for best supporting it yeah. was uh best supporting actor it was uh Christopher Jackson, who played George Washington, Daveed Diggs, um, and then John, Jonathan Groff. Yep. But uh, Daveed Diggs won. Yep. Now. Which that was, that was, uh, I guess I love the Frenchman in the first half, but then the introduction of Thomas Jefferson at the top of the second act, the way he presents himself and he's in the purple with the fluff around his neck. I was <laughs> like, my gosh. I, I like started tearing up and crying. I was like, if they did not reference Prince intentionally for this role, I have to be insane. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I, I think it was. <laughs> it was. It was absolutely was. It was um, oh, it was Prince and uh, one of the greatest guitar players, uh, Jimi Hendrix. There we go. Um, yeah. Jimi Hendrix and Prince both like inspiration for the design of this character. And then I was like, well. When did this play? Like, did Prince get to see it? Like, I have to know. Prince saw this musical right before he died. Wow. Oh, he did. Oh, okay. Yep. He must have caught the. He must have caught it off Broadway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He. I think he flew out there. It was um, just like a month, like Mar- the March before he died, like literally a month before. Right. And he tweeted out about it and said what a wonderful production it was and had raving reviews. And I was like, okay. I'm satisfied with everything right now. <laughs> wow. So then is that, so is David is, uh, so is, was Thomas Jefferson your favorite then, Amanda? Yes. Who are your favorite characters? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It was, yeah. Jefferson for sure. Mm. Not yeah. My I think that's mine too. <laughs> my favorite character. Who was? What was that? Oh, sorry. I thought you, I think you kind of cut out there for me at least. Okay. Sorry, I was saying, um, 
his songs were not my favorite songs, but he was definitely my favorite character. He was such a good villain. He was. Like, that messy bitch that loves drama kind of villain, you know? Yes. <laughs> so like, that, like, that, like, that's exactly the kind of villain he was, and he did, and Daveed Diggs did it so, like, he, like, as Thomas Jefferson, just, I don't know, like, you could not, like, and then that's the other thing too, like watching this, like I, I listened to the, before I saw it on stage, I obviously listened to the original uh, Broadway cast recording on repeat. Like I, I listened to it over and over again. At one point, my husband said, we got in the car. He was like, can we please listen to something other than Hamilton? And I said, okay. So then I played the Hamilton mixtape because my reasoning was he didn't mm-hmm. like specify. He said, can we not listen to Hamilton? He I just assumed that he meant the original Broadway cast recording. Um, he didn't say anything about the mixtape. So I play <laughs> the Hamilton mixtape, and then after a while, he's like, wait, this is Hamilton. And I was like, hey, well, it's not the Broadway musical, okay? It's the mixtape. And then that uh, extended the Hamil ban. So, um, <laughs> Hamil ban? <laughs> yeah, it was the uh, three-week Hamil ban. Um, <laughs> that we couldn't listen to it in the car. Yeah. So, but I listened, so I got so used to the, like, their voices. So when I finally saw it on stage, it was with the, actually, I've seen it twice. So the first time it was in Chicago, they had a standing um, company there. And so, and then I saw it when I went on tour t- two years, two years ago, I guess now. Oh, um, and that, oh, quick with, question. With yeah. the Chicago performance, does that mean, um, Angelica, did you get to see the one where um, Allison, that's, from Umbrella Academy, was she in that production? Because I thought I read or heard that somewhere that she was in the Chicago production. I think she was. I think she was. Awesome. I had actually just, I had just missed Wayne Brady as Aaron Burr. Wayne Brady as Aaron Burr? No. In Chicago, he was like, when, so when they just, so when they put it in Chicago, he was the first Aaron Burr in Chicago. Wow. I had awesome. just missed him. I just missed him, but. I get so used to, you know, to everyone's voices. And, I mean, a lot of them have very – like, David Diggs and Lynn Miranda, like, they have very distinct voices. So, like, when when I watched people who weren't them, um, it was a little jarring at first because I'm so used to their vocal performances. And um, so I think – I'm glad – I'm really glad that I, like, Disney got the rights of and Disney threw it up on the streaming platform because I just – like one of the things is like I just I want to see the original guys like do this and and mm-hmm. now like you're able now you're able to and so like watching like I could not take my eyes off Daveed Diggs when he was Thomas Jefferson every scene he was in like I, my eyes were glued on him oh yeah absolutely just fantastic so yeah he's my favorite too nice now, I'm not surprised that uh, Quentin that you like King George. Because I immediately, when they brought him out and the sound of the music, it was so 60s Beatles. Beatles. Yes, yep. Yes. And I was like, like Quentin's going to be like, yep. <laughs> I just, yeah, I liked the reoccurring theme and melody of his song so much. And it just, I don't know, it just made me happy. And I know that there's like a meme or whatever of him like spitting. Mm-hmm. Like that dude yes. has some... That's some saliva going on the whole time. He is a oh, yeah. performer. Yeah. <laughs> and, and if you were in the front row, apparently, um, 
So there's a there's an NPR podcast that I listen to, uh, Pop Culture Happy Hours. They're great, but they actually all went to Broadway to see it. Um, now that in that show, that was not the, the show that they all got to see live. Um, Lin Manuel was not in that one; it was his understudy. Um, I think each of the cast members they get like two shows off a week, but John the Groff was there. And they were in the front row, and they were joking about how, like, you, you kind of, after every one of his songs, you kind of get drenched. Because <laughs> that is, like, no, because it does, like, it is, like, that far. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So, um, no, he was perfect. He's perfect in this. And so, or in the few people who um, they don't, he doesn't have interchanging roles. Mm-hmm. That's very true. I love the interchanging of the roles. And I didn't realize it until partway through some of it. And I didn't realize all of everybody, um, the roles that they had in the first act versus the second until I started rewatching it. I was like, oh, wait a minute. I was like, how intentional are these roles and the way that they're cast? And yeah, it all, it all makes sense, especially like John Lawrence and, um, Philip. Mm hmm. Because John Lawrence was the closest to Hamilton in history. I mean, there's even a history that they may have also been more than friends. Yeah. But the fact that they cast him also as his son, I thought was because those are the most two intimate males in his lives, Mm -hmm. in his life, you know. So I thought that was a good a good trade off, a good pairing. Yeah, very much so. And I think with Hercules, um, Oak and I can never say his last name. Because his last name is complicated. Okiariti. Everyone just calls him Oak. But <laughs> he plays Hercules Mulligan, which, by the way, if you noticed Hercules Mulligan, you're like, huh, his rap style is very familiar. Oh, because he was very much modeled after his rap style was modeled after Buster Rhymes. Oh, nice. Um, so, like, <laughs> that was intentional. Because when I oh, first listened to the soundtrack, I'm like, I'm like, he sounds like Buster Rhymes, kind of. And then I started reading into it. I was like, oh, well, it's because that was intentional. Like, that's exactly what Linda Mel was going for. But the fact that his whole, his whole thing was he was the tailor's apprentice, but he wanted to move up right. in society. So, but here's the thing. So then in the second act, he plays James Madison, who is one of the people at the top of society. You know, he is one of the most upper class people in America at the time. It always like Madison was known for being super well dressed, you know, I mean, that's clothes and. Oh, yeah, that's a good pairing, too. I yeah. Love that. And then with Jefferson, you know, Jefferson was Jefferson was in France during the Revolutionary War. Like he had a very strong connection to the French. So having David Dix play Lafayette and Jefferson, you know, like all the ties. Mm hmm You know, are there. Right. I think maybe the only one that doesn't make that much sense is uh, Peggy. Peggy. And then Mariah Reynolds, like <laughs> <Right>. and Peggy, <laughs> like and Peggy, and, and then Peggy. her, and, and then that actress playing Mariah. I think that's the only one I don't really see the connection, but that's which, by it. the way, I think that's kind of crazy. Hamilton, that whole thing with Mariah Reynolds, like America's first sex scandal. Yeah, like, <laughs> it was. <laughs> what did you think about that, Quentin? Um, and so we're talking about the. Reynolds pamphlet type type deal, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Um, yep. I God, I have to say that I really love the uh, "Say No to This" song, <laughs> mm-hmm. and like I'm sitting there, like, no, like, yeah, come on, man, like, 
keep it keep it between your legs and it was just like i don't know there were some powerful ways that um the music was just really tying it all together but man the actual scandal and just everything that was going on with it oh my god i was just feeling so bad for eliza and just like everything that she was going through and because the Mm -hmm. reynolds pamphlet goes straight into burn and i mean i think we can all agree we burn stuff from our from like past lovers (laughs) so i was like you know what girl you gotta do what you gotta do and oh man i felt so bad for her and just everything that is gonna happen after that you know it's just like there's that you're just riding on this high for so long and then as soon as like all that kind of transpires it's just you you feel this downward slope and it stays downward it feels like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it does and that's that's what i understand like it's just so like this is kind of a depressing you know era and especially like he's had his his ups but man he just when it's down it's down you know mm-hmm. and just like the fact that this was like made into a musical of this like i don't even i don't even know what i'm trying to say like this it's a phenomenon yeah it's a phenomenon exactly and just mm-hmm. i don't know i'm i will say that and I, I know i'm adding a little too much to what i'm trying to say here but it's this is two hours and like 40 minutes and you go through a lot in the two hours and 40 minutes on this yes. film so yeah that's kind of what i have to say about about all that so you mm-hmm. do go through a lot and one thing that i do think i think the the it definitely does sort of you know is hamilton i guess is the hero of the story but i it there and there are many things about hamilton that he did in his life obviously the musical can't touch on everything but the fact that he was involved in slave trading you know they, they didn't bring that into it but he wasn't a good he really wasn't a good guy like he was a dick yes like and he was so so he was so insecure so insecure about he, where he was like you know in his standing and you know and wanting wanting to be one of the elites so badly like he he was smarter than everybody but he had to make sure that you knew he was smarter than you and he just the the whole thing with the Reynolds pamphlet, <laughs> what boggles my mind is here is this man who he would rather people know him as an adulterer than somebody you know than think of him as somebody who would betray his government. Yeah, like that's why he did it because he was ever they were like oh you know you basically embezzled money from the government he was like no I didn't that money. I paid out of my own pocket because I was having sex with this woman and her husband let me have sex with her as long Why? as I paid him. Seats. Why did he do that? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, well, because he wanted to be, he kept them so he could show like, Hey, I didn't, this is like, this was a, tra- this was a legitimate, I guess, because prostitution, I guess, wasn't illegal at the time, but like, this was a transaction. I in no way stole from the government. Like that's, but like that, he cared about that more. He cared more about his political reputation than he did his family. Yeah, his actual Which, like living. Yeah, I mean that. His uh, living heritage. Right. Yeah. Well, and what's crazy is before this, 
hello, um, he's an immigrant. He was up to be president next. Like that was going to be the next step. That's what he wanted. But because of this, then he ruined his chances. So we could have had a completely different change in rules in the system from the very beginning if if he wouldn't have dipped his wick somewhere else. I mean, I'm glad it's not Angelica and it was somebody else because I was stressing out about the sisters. Same. Oh, my God. Same. (laughs) I was freaking out. I was like, oh, my God. Is he going to mess around with (laughs) – with his like mm-hmm. sister, sister-in-law. Yeah. Um, yeah, I want to. We could have had foreign presidents this whole time, you know. Right. And also, look how far we've come <laughs> because right? that derailed him from being president. Not no more. That did not derail you from any being president anymore. No, it does not. <laughs> that does not have. No one cares about that anymore. Right. No. I do want to say, nope. like the the big thing with how he let this scandal loose it directly affected his son from still being alive oh yeah absolutely and that's just like that just drives it even deeper that he didn't he didn't care about his political i mean his uh his family and it was all about politics because he's not he's it seemed like he was just worried about himself and he wasn't worried about how this will affect his son and especially i mean yeah it'll affect his wife he knew that but like Everything that transpires after this obviously affected everything with his son into the point of him dying. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there, like, watching this movie and seeing him on his deathbed, and I'm sitting there like, you're you're the worst. <laughs> I, I, oh, I yeah. am not liking you. No, you, do, you end up not liking him, and it's... It would, it would, for me, I think at the end of the all of it, though, I think Eliza is the one that's more of like the hero. And oh yeah, what's funny is like she, and one of the things I was a little scared. Like okay, so I was so excited when I was like Disney Plus is gonna show the like original Broadway cast like performing this on stage. I was so excited, and like a little part of me was a little scared because Amanda, as you know, like acting on the stage is very different from acting. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. for TV because or movies, because the emoting and the yes. way you're positioned and everything. So when you're doing close-ups and everything, like I was a little scared that you were gonna see the quote, like the the, the theater acting, mm-hmm. you know, side of it, where it up close looks just so exaggerated and so artificial, because it has to be, because in a live audience, you have to make sure people in the back row can see what you're doing. Um, and I'm really glad I don't I didn't see that I didn't see I, there were some moments with Lynn Miranda I think there was a little bit of that but overall the the acting did seem very natural mm-hmm. and with the with Philippa Sue who plays Eliza like that character for me before watching on Disney Plus like she was always very vanilla you know just okay. kind of she was just kind of there but then watching Philippa Sue's performance being able to see the close-ups. Like, there were just so many small things that she did with her face and with her mannerisms that I was like, it actually, like, Eliza was not on, like, my top list of characters. I mean, after David Diggs as Thomas Jefferson, like, she's my second. Wow. Like, I, like, I just, like, before she was just sort of like, like, okay, she's there. Like, Phil Basu has a great voice and I can listen to the soundtrack, but I think watching 
this being able to see the sort of close-ups of her performance just made it like it kind of hit me a lot more so like that burn song like i was in tears yeah like like that song never drove me to tears until i finally watched it on disney plus and i got to see like fill the suit up close and like seeing the anguish on her face like the, the mixture of heartbreak but rate and rage like the two combined like and she's conflicted right because of the two emotions right she's yeah. heartbroken she's upset <laughs> but then she's pissed off and rightly so and like to see that sort of like all of that enmeshed in that performance ah oh, i thought it was beautiful so i thought it was beautiful too and yeah my first time watching through she wasn't one of the standouts for me but literally in the past week i don't even know how many times i've watched this it's it's ridiculous it's been at least once a day um <laughs> yeah yeah but, like, she grows but she because you notice her, things in her performance well and then when i finally was just like wait this musical is called hamilton it's not called alexander right right and the way that she's kind of introduced in the beginning a little bit but then, oh, I can't, helpless, I love it. I mean, mm-hmm. talk about, like, late 90s, early 2000s, um, Jawrill and Ashanti. God, oh God. yes, right? Yes, I, I totally understand. I loved I, her, her songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Helpless. Like, so go, yeah, go find um, Jimmy Fallon. So Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon did a Zoom performance. Oh. With um, the Hagasa Hamilton um, leading up to this, and they did helpless, but it was basically like it was it was with so the Roots were a part of it obviously because they're Jimmy right. Fallon's house band, mm-hmm. but then it was everyone in the cast too. But like it starts off with like the music, the beats, and everything. It's like everyone because we're all in COVID and everyone's all isolated and quarantined, so like it's people playing instruments like from their, like, own, their homes. own homes. But, but yeah, but then it's things like people were also like making beats off like, you know, like beat, you know, taking like a glass, like a, like a, like a wine glass and then like using a knife and making like beats like that oh, and like amazing. use and like popping over band and like, and things. And it, it, it said, but go find this. It's a yeah, Jimmy Fallon helpless. If you Google it, you'll, you'll see it. It's, it's such a great, 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 like, and then with the original cast and everything, it was good. Okay. So. That Go first time that. I watched, yeah, first time I watched Helpless, I was like, God, this song is making me feel something. Like, I feel so tied to this. Like, it feels so, so familiar. And then finally, like, started with like, oh, what are the mixtapes and all this? And then I found the um, mixtape live performances. Mm-hmm. And then Ja Rule and Ashanti come out. And I was like, um, that makes 110%. Yep. Because all of their songs together... like it's the same beat it's the same tone it's in the same key it's all the same it is yeah super intentional and and the back and forth you know between Mm -hmm. like john rule and ashanti like you have that here yeah oh it was perfect and it was one of those things i was like it's it was like i could feel it just pinging the back of my brain i'm like you know this you know this amanda and then that popped up and i was like yep there it is that's exactly what that is then of course I started listening to all those songs on YouTube. So I know I gotta go find all those songs now. <laughs> oh my gosh, I've not thought about that. Goodness. Oh, oh, love it, love it, love it. But another thing with um, Eliza with her song "Burn," good. God. I Oof. I read that 
when she like the the stage production guide um went through different types of paper, all these different kinds, because letters and paper are very important in this musical. Like you see it all the time throughout all of it. Mm -hmm. You like the way that they travel through the ensemble, they get passed from one person to the other, you like get piled up in Burr's hands, all of that. But um, for this scene, they found for the length of the song and when she lights it and how it all works out, they found a piece of paper, like a type of paper that would burn for like two minutes and nine seconds. Exactly. So that way, when she left the stage, the fire would be completely out. <gasps> That's crazy. Isn't I didn't it? know that. That's wow. Amazing. I love all those little theater things. <laughs> I, that is crazy. Yeah. But yeah, that I mean, actually always kind of freaked me out whenever like, yeah. I every, when I watched it live, like the two watched it live, like when she comes out with the bucket and she's like burning the letters. Uh, honestly, I was kind of distracted. I'm like, oh my god, something so bad could happen right now on stage. Same yeah. here. I did the same thing, and that's why I googled it. <laughs> I stressed out about that too, and I was like, paper for burn, fire. I was like, have there been accidents? Yeah, <laughs> it just because it just. I, every time when you, it always makes me nervous whenever they use like live fire on stage. Mm-hmm. Yes. It just makes me like not pyrotechnics like you know like a Paul McCartney concert, but like <laughs> when they're like using, but when fire is like a prop, right? right? Like when it's a prop on stage, like it. I, I'm not either. I think it's. I'm either scared it's gonna get out of control or um like in Rent. There's a song where like it's called Light My Candle and uh-huh. there's a like, character and like but for me it's like I'm always staring there like staring at the candle because I'm like it's gonna go out when it shouldn't and it's gonna like ruin the certain moments in the song. Right. So that must be. I wonder if there's like a special like candle that like it's really I don't know. Yeah, like but, it's like, coated in something special or the wick is only so long inside the wax or. Yeah, but every time like I've watched Rent live and they have that song and she has the candle and I'm always like it's gonna go out when it's not supposed to. <laughs> so for something with me and live fire and like fire as a prop, always like it makes me super anxious. Same here, and that's what that's totally what happened. You should, I should have live reacted, filmed me watching this for the first time. Oh my god, time. I would have loved yeah, that. I would have, I would, to I would that. totally. I would have paid money to see that, too. Because <laughs> I'm sitting there, like, on the end of my chase lounge where I started out, like, lying back in it. But then all of a sudden, I'm, like, on the end of it. And then I'm sitting there with the remote in one hand where I'm, like, pause. And I'm, like, Googling everything. I'm, like, okay, Amanda, stop. Just enjoy it. Enjoy it. And I was, like, and play. Pause again. What is this? What is this? What's going on? <laughs> it's, like, paper and fire. Hamilton. <laughs> I didn't realize music the uh, musicals for this uh, show is going to be this, like, epic. <laughs> yes. Man. Hey, you did better than I did. I, I, Okay, so I was so excited for this, and living on the East Coast, you know, it wasn't going to drop on Disney Plus for me until, like, 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and so, you know, luckily it was July 4th, so I'd have to work. So I got, I like woke up at like three o'clock and I like kept hitting refresh until it like Stop. finally like popped up. No, no, but then here's the thing though. So the dog is like, so my husband was out of town that weekend. And so, um, it was just me and the dog, but like I took the dog out and the dog is 
confused as hell. Right. Right. Because it's three o'clock in the morning. It's like, why am I going outside? Like, this is so weird. <laughs> and then, like, I get back in because I wanted to watch it when it was still dark out. Like, I kind of wanted to, like, immerse myself in it. Yeah. yeah. I fell asleep 30 minutes in because I'm 39 years old and I just do not have what it takes to wake up in the middle of the night and watch something anymore. <laughs> so when I woke up, so like I fell back asleep until like eight o'clock and then I woke up on the couch and I was like, Oh my God. I was like, I am too old. I was like, I feel so old right now that I fell asleep. Well, that's embarrassing. Cause I was like so excited. Like my heart was like pounding. Because from the minute, like, I clicked on play, and they, you know, they always do the Disney, you know, or they show the oh, Cinderella the Castle and Tinker. But then, but, like, the beats, like, because I knew. I was, like, you know, they the Tinker Bell going over the Cinderella Castle. But the song they were playing, though, it was, like, the, the Ten Dual Commandments. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, oh, my God. I was, like, it was so weird. And I was hear super hyped. Exactly. And then I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then 30 minutes later, I fell asleep because I'm old. Right. (laughs) That's okay. Oh, that's so sweet. (laughs) Yeah. So. Oh, one of the other things with um, one of the little scenes that initially the first time through, I not, I love the whole thing. So I say, like, I don't want to say didn't like, but um, the bit with Eliza and Philip where he's, learning his um french and counting yes. and then they do the the beat box like you know yes they do the little rap <laughs> for daddy yes I, I read somewhere that the stage direction literally for eliza on that was eliza beat boxes maternally that's maternally <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I would love to be the actress who like gets that. She's like, "What the hell does that even? What 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 is that? Like, but it's not a thing. But it sort like it makes sense because Eliza, even though she's with Hamilton and Hamilton does some of some rapping, but obviously not as extensive as the other characters. But Eliza doesn't rap at all in Mm -mm. this whole musical. She sings like her and King George are probably the two, right? Yeah. Would you guys think? The only yeah, two everyone else wrapped. And so I thought that was kind of like a, a cute touch. But um, did you guys uh, realize the significance of that scene where he's Phillips learning to count to where he's struggling with the number seven? Uh, I don't I don't know French at all. Honestly, like I know zero <laughs> French. So like I, I, I know nothing. <laughs> I'm such a nerd. It was so ridiculous. <laughs> what is that but, uh, though? Well, the the significance of that is, you know, Philip in real life did get shot in a dueling battle, right? But his opponent turned on seven and shot him. <gasps> oh, no way. yep. My God, you are a nerd. So Lin Miranda wrote that. You know, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just but kidding. no, Man, but you know who's even. You know who's an even bigger nerd though is Lynn Manuel Miranda. Okay, this guy, like he wrote, he wrote this, he wrote all of this. He wrote the, he wrote the music, he wrote the, the, he wrote all, he wrote the work, he wrote all of the songs, like he wrote the story, like mm-hmm. he thought up, like all of this stuff was in his head. 
Right. And it's all from history and he layered it and layered it. Not only is he being historically accurate with things like this, but then he's throwing in like the Ten Crack Commandments. He's throwing in, yes. you know, like lines from like, yeah, like you said earlier, uh, Mob Deep. Um, like there's just so many elements to this that like, that's why I said I've, I've watched this like every day in the past week because I can't, I find something new every time I watch it. Yeah. And what's so funny, so the um the historian Ron Turnell, like the one who wrote the biography of Alexander mm-hmm. Hamilton, the one that like inspired Lynn to do this. So like he was involved in this. And so um like this guy, like Lynn like wanted him like basically to kind of be a part of the making of this because I mean Lynn was like, I'm gonna change this stuff obviously, but he wanted to but he wanted to get right we're not the little details. Like, obviously, you know, Alexander Hamilton did not punch the bursar at Princeton College like right. <laughs> or Princeton University. Like, it didn't at the time. King and Strong, like, the cat it. was not named Hamilton. No. It, it, but it was like – it actually, apparently, the whole thing about that line, like, you know, that Hamilton punched the bursar at Princeton, like, apparently that would, that actually really bugged Ron Turnell. He really bugged him. He was like, that would have never happened. <laughs> <laughs> and Lynn would be like, no, but it worked. Okay, it works with the musical. But um, but Lynn wanted he wanted to make sure that he had the overall sort of like the essence of Hamilton. Like he wanted to make sure that was historically accurate. Right. I think he did a good job. I think I I know he did a good job with that. And um, the the big thing that I take away from just how historically accurate is is that I didn't I don't know anything about Hamilton. I don't. History. No one did. Yeah, history is no not my strong did. suit, so yeah. I'm just like, well, I'm learning this. It was on the ten dollar bill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think it said five dollar bill for him at ten dollar bill. Link is on the five dollar bill. Sorry, ten dollar bill. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, because I'm yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Hamilton, ten dollar bill. But they actually referenced that in the the opening number, the ten dollar founding father. Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so funny. It is good. It it's great, but I think for me, my favorite musical number of like I, I, the one that I can watch over again is the is one last time when Washington says, "You know what? Yeah. I'm going to step down from being president because I don't want to set a president like a precedent where like it's like a monarchy because that was the whole point of this. Like we wanted to fight against that mm-hmm. and." there shouldn't ever be like one person in charge for the, his whole life. And that's that, that we're going down a bad road. Like he did that for the, you know, it was such a noble thing that he did. And that song just, Oh my gosh. Like, I, like every time I listen to that song, it could bring me to tears. And then, um, yeah, a man brought up earlier. So the cast of Hamilton in 2000, January, 2017, and that date is significant, or that month and mm-hmm. yeah, that month and, and year are significant. But yeah. um, they, the White House, the Obama White House, had the entire cast of Hamilton uh, come and perform, like not the actual production of it, but they performed songs. Um, and then they actually had a bunch of like high school students there. They brought a bunch of local high school students. Um, and the whole thing, I think, was just more about you know having using theater to teach history. And I'm um, using it as a good educational tool. And so 
they perform one last time. And, you know, this was like two weeks before January 20, 2017, when mm-hmm. um, a certain um, Barack Obama would no longer be our president. And the camera, like, kept cutting to him and then back to the performers. And then about halfway through the song, you notice that the audience, no one's watching the performers anymore. They're all watching Obama. Right. Mm-hmm. And then everybody just breaks. I mean, you just you just watch like over the course of the song, over the performance of the song, people, everyone just starts crying in the audience. And then all of the cast is crying as they're performing this. And everyone is just, and it's like everyone is staring at this one man. Man. Like oh. I'm actually getting like a little teary eyed thinking yeah, about I'm watching like teary eyed too. Like, but if you watch it, like, it is just, it's one of the most beautiful things that you'll ever see. Well, and it talked about the, 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 the magic and the things that happen between us during a stage performance where there's the performers and the audience. But that was like on such a different level because there was so much more not being said that was actually being felt in the room. Oh, yeah. Yes. And that song just hit, it hits home in that moment. Mm-hmm. And yes, Washington had his flaws. I, I am aware of this, but you can't deny that he was probably the best of the founding fathers. Yeah. And merely, and, and for the mere act, for the, just the, the, the mere act of just saying, like, I am not going to die in office. That's not how we should do this. And, you know, it just, and so that's it. I don't know. Like that song just kind of encapsulates all that. And I think Chris Jackson, who I love, I, I wish, mm-hmm. like, I wanted to be in more stuff. Like, I know he's, he's going to be in, in, in the Heights because he was in the Broadway production of that. So he's in the movie. Right. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah. So he'll be in the film version that was supposed to come out this year, I guess next year. Um, what's crazy is, you know, you have, and my husband, I remember we were talking about the Hamilton, um, which, by the way, by the time Disney Plus dropped um, Hamilton on the streaming platform, by that time, Hamilton had grossed over a billion dollars worldwide. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. That's insane. And my husband and I were talking, though, he was like, what is the last Broadway musical that had an impact like this? And the lot really re- exactly that is the last one that was 1995 and that one was what yeah 95 and that brought and it was a rock version mm-hmm. so it brought forth the rock music and changed things up and shook it up a little bit but it was mm-hmm. addressing like hiv and aids and exactly uh, the LBG and homosexuality and- yeah the, exactly and but, but then he and i were both but then we were both like you know Really, though, who out of, like, the Rent cast, though, like, almost everyone out of the Hamilton cast has gone on to pretty significant, like, commercial success. Um, Mm -hmm. Anthony Ramos, who plays uh, John Lawrence and then uh, Philip Hamilton, he was in um, A Star is Born. He was Lady Gaga's best friend in A Star is Born. Oh, yeah. I definitely remember that now. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, Oak, who plays, you know, Hercules Mulligan and James Madison, 
He's been in um he, he was on that show Ballers. This is an HBO uh show with The Rock, but he's a regular cast member on a Shonda Rhimes uh Grey's Anatomy spinoff. It's the firefighter one. I've never watched oh, it. Okay. I've heard of it, but I don't know. I've heard of it, but and granted, you know, it I'm not saying it that's like that's not I don't think it's a great show, but it's a Shonda Rhimes show on ABC on a major network. Right. Like that's like nothing. Like you don't sneeze at that. And then Leslie Adam Jr., you know, he was just in um, that one night in Miami movie. And then uh, David Diggs. Holy crap. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> I mean, David Diggs, is, he's Snowpiercer. He's just everywhere. Oh, I and love he's, him. I do too. I, I absolutely adore David Diggs. Like my, my, I don't know. I'm like, my question is like, who's your favorite? Who's your favorite actor from Hamilton, and why is it to be Diggs? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> he's so good. Because, but and he, it's not. But like, he is. He's. But everybody is so good in this, and so. But David Diggs does bring. There's just some some kind of well, charisma, a uniqueness, and yeah. it's so crazy to think that he was like so nervous about doing any of this at all. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was used to like rapping, like, you know, he has his little side group and stuff like that, but he never so really up. Sang. Yeah. He'd never done stage production, never done stage performing, like none of that. And he was like, you know, like you said earlier, Jude, like, you know, like trying to sell somebody on this concept when you just like read the, the outline a little bit. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't sound that great, but he was like totally, totally nervous and unsure about even doing either of these characters. Yeah. Guy nailed it. Yeah. (laughs) And then the actress who played Angelica, she actually turned she almost turned it down originally. Um, Like she was like, what the she like heard the concept. She was like, this is stupid. I'm not going to be in something. She was like, this is going to be like the downfall. <laughs> the downfall. Could you imagine? <laughs> of my career. <laughs> yeah. Renee um, Goldsberry. She's uh, well, she's fantastic, but like she, she was very like, she, she actually was going to say no. And I think her husband was like, just, just, just go meet them. At least like, don't say no yet. At least uh-huh. just go meet them and talk with them. Because all she knew was just this concept, and she was like, uh-uh. Because she, at that point, was just getting started on Broadway. Like, I, I actually knew her from um, – they actually did film a stage production of Rent, because um, Rent is now no longer on Broadway, because they, they, they have to do that. So, yeah. like, they'll take long-running shows off of Broadway. So, I think at, this was, like, 2009, 2010, um, they – Kind of, I guess retire is the best word, but they'll retire shows off Broadway. Um, and then they'll come back with a revival and all that stuff. But Rent, you know, had been on Broadway since 1995. And so they were, it was no longer going to be on Broadway. It was like the final Rent show. And she was part of that final company. Okay. And so, um, cause I own that. Yeah. You can, I don't know if you can still buy it, but you, at, for, for a while, you could buy the, uh, filmed like the filming of that uh, stage performance, and she was in that cast, that very last cast. Wow. 
That's so yeah, cool. So, so, you know, she's, so I think she was sort of like, I, my career starting to grow and everything. Like, why would I be in this thing that's totally going to bomb because none of this makes sense? Right. <laughs> and, I mean, and the, the thing logic, is, she's like, logic was there. I mean, it yeah. Sense, but I mean, the thing is, this is a gamble. I think this took actually, I think for you to agree to this, if you already didn't know that, like, unless you were already friends with Linda Miranda, if you didn't actually know him personally, it, it took you meeting him in person mm-hmm. to sign on to this, right? Like, there's no way that you would just, like, your agent calls you and says, here, here's his musical. It's the rap musical about Alexander Hamilton. Like, is any actor going, like, okay, I'll be in that. I think it took, like, you actually had to meet Lynn and sit down with him and have him explain to you what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Which I think he convinced anyone to do anything. Oh, I think he could, too. <laughs> well, and, and it seems like any of the interviews that I've seen of him, like just the little bits yeah. that I've tried to watch, he it's like I don't think he understands. I mean, I think he understands, but he's just so humble Yeah. about the entire everything, the whole process where he's like, He's like, well, yeah, I'm glad that this that this is happening. I'm, 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 I'm like, the show's still making money and it's good. Like, you know, I'm happy about that. <laughs> You're like, no, he's so he's like, it's so genuine. He is a pure soul. Oh, I love him. Like, I I, I want to be his friend. Be- <laughs> me too. Like, I want to be my best friend so bad. Like, I just he just he is such a good person, and I just remember like when. Going into like the Tony season, um, like going into the Tony Awards for Hamilton, everyone's asking him like, oh, "Are you nervous?" And like the way that he pointed, like it sounds arrogant, but it, it but it wasn't the way he said it. He goes, "I mean, he goes, he goes, he said, actually, there's not a whole lot of pressure tonight." He said, "Because I already won a Tony." <laughs> We're in the Heights, and like Which- that sounds like. It's true, but like, and I think if anyone else said it, it would sound like the most arrogant, conceited thing. But, but that's literally but, what he meant. Yeah, I mean, it was just a fact. Like he had already won a Tony, so there, there is. I mean, obviously, there is not going to be as much pressure. Right. If it, it's just like, but and then I'm sitting here going, he's my age, and he has won two Tonys. Have you seen him? And I'm like, what? Have you seen him in Curb Your Enthusiasm? No, I haven't. Oh my I, gosh. I'm not. I'm I'm, beh- I'm behind on it. Okay. Yeah, you got to watch that episode because it only enforces more of what you're saying. Like I, oh. and that was before I watched um, Hamilton, but I saw that episode, and I was like, man, this guy is hilarious. The Lin Manuel Miranda, like the way that he kind of acts with uh, Larry David, like you're just you'd appreciate him even oh, more. Oh, I can't even imagine that. I bet that would be good. Yeah, it's it's amazing. <laughs> like I, it's one of my favorite episodes. And like I said, I didn't even watch Hamilton yet, and I love that episode because they obviously reference Hamilton a lot because of just the sheer success of it. Um, please watch an episode and get back to me, both of you. Yeah. Oh no, I am. Okay. I'm actually yeah, gonna go watch let, it tonight. Let us, know, let us know which episode that is. Yeah, oh, I'll, I'm gonna look back because I think it's it's a little newer, but yeah, like I said, it's oh my god, it's so funny. Yeah, I haven't watched. I love Korean but I haven't watched the recent seasons. Um, I kind of because you know they they took such a long break. Oh, I know, in like seven years or whatever. This, <laughs> and so, like, I, I honestly like it was just something I never got back into. Um, 
Now, if you watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine, how I got into watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine was because um, Paul Hart, he, like, texted me. There's, so, Lynn Memorial, he did a, like, he was a guest in uh, one episode. He plays the older brother of one of the cast members. And so, Paul, like, sends me, like, a clip from that episode. And that's actually how I started watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which is a great, great sitcom. Great show, yeah. But, it's such a great show. Do you know what you want to talk about, Quentin, where, like, he's the perfect older brother. He's, like, the golden child of the family. Like, he rolls into town, and he's just, like, perfect. Yeah. I mean, that's like, just, just how Lin-Manuel golden boy. is. He's perfect. <laughs> and, like, but I love, like, how he played that role because it was, like, he knows, like, this is, like, the thing that, like, he was being self, very self-deprecating right. about it. <laughs> it's so, it was so funny how he played off of, like, this image of himself. And so, yeah, I would love to be his best friend. Me too. So. Totally talk musicals and songs and stuff and everything. He would, all the things. I feel like he knows anything <laughs> about everything, though. Like, he'll talk sports. I've seen him talk about sports. Like, I think this guy could literally talk to you about anything. Yeah. He would be a great hairstylist. I bet he would. Because he would be able to talk about all the things. I like that. He would. <laughs> I like that aspect <laughs> of thinking. Oh. Now, hang on, Amanda. Who would be a better – But would he be better than uh, Jonathan um, Van Ice? Jonathan is, you know – Yeah, Jonathan is – fun from uh queer eye yeah like mm-hmm. he's oh gosh oh gosh oh my gosh yeah and i am so glad because i feel like i'm part of the team you know like when you find about find out about somebody before they become big yeah and you feel like they're yours a little bit yeah so you knew about john so, beforehand yeah. one of one of my clients his name's richard he was amazing and he no longer comes to me because he no longer needs his haircut and it makes me sad <clears throat> yeah but um, oh gosh, when I started cutting Richard's hair, he was like, Amanda, because we'd talk about Game of Thrones all the time. He's like, Day of Thrones! He's like, yes! you need to watch Game of Thrones. Yes! You need to watch Game of Thrones. And yes. so then, that's when I became a fan of Jonathan. Me too! Me so too. I was all about Jonathan, so I knew who Jonathan was before everybody else did. So then when he... Okay. Oh my god, me too! Career, I was like, I hate everybody else that loves him now because I loved him first. <laughs> You're like, I knew about him when he was calling Daenerys Targaryen Christina Aguilera. Yeah. And when Arya was baby case too. Okay. Like, it's and amazing. Grey Worm was baby Barack Obama. Baby Barack Obama. Quentin, I don't I'm know. Quentin, of, do you watch Game of Thrones? No. Oh, God. You know what? You actually, so my husband didn't really watch Game of Thrones either. It was just like on in the background. It's called Day of Thrones, and it's now famous John Van Eyck. He's an actual hairdresser, you know, to the stars. Right. And he had this web, he had this like web series on Funnier Die where he would do like five minute recaps of every episode oh, while okay. he was styling someone's hair. Yeah, like, where he was like, and everything. Wow. Yeah, okay. like he styled a person's hair, and then he'd do these like five minute recaps. But he gave, like, he never used any of the characters' real names. So he just, like, kind like of he would call them, them like, her. Oh, he, like, Christina like, Aguilera. Nasty clean bitch. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, our blonde hair. Blonde hair, evil red riding hood. <laughs> oh, my God. I would love to put him and Linda Miranda in a room together because I feel like that would be the most entertaining That'd thing. That would be fantastic. 
planet in the universe would explode. So Jonathan needs to cut Lynn's hair, and that'll. Oh my work. God, <laughs> that, the universe would explode, Amanda. Like yes. it, we just we could not, we can't handle all that fabulousness. Yes. My universe would definitely explode if I saw that. Oh my God. <laughs> so, all right. So I was going to ask you, uh, Quentin, what were some other songs that you really like that moved you or caught you? Because I know we've talked about uh, Helpless and Satisfied. And there's Yeah, those were like really the big ones that I really liked. Um, I, I talked about Say No to This. And mm-hmm. um, let's see here. Burn, obviously. We, it's just all the songs we've talked about already. Um I like the last song, and is that the uh, "Who Lives, Who Dies, Who Tells Your Story"? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> that the way, just I'm gonna be honest, the way it ended, I was just like, I, that was a perfect ending. Yep. Of like everything, and something that really resonated with me is what you said, Amanda, of how this musical is called Hamilton, not Alexander. So like, you're seeing the Hamilton legacy through the family and just like what she does from then on after his death. And I'm just sitting there like, Oh my God. It's just, Aww. yeah. Like I, that, that really got to me too. I'm going to be honest and it's not cause I'm heartless. Okay. I cried in fast and furious seven, just saying, but anyway, <laughs> um, I, nothing, nothing in here really had me like, crying or anything but i mean i felt the emotions that you're supposed to be feeling for sure um oh i will say i really liked uh the shot song my shot mm, and how yeah. it just kept coming it, back it, yeah i like how it kept coming back yeah, yeah. and when i heard that lynn took a long time to even like he had almost all of the other songs done and written and it took him a long time to get my shot like quote unquote perfected. Yep. Because it's the so in like I mean even if she was like a, a Disney movie, right? Like your Little Mermaid, Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, whatever, every single one of these musical every musical, you have an I want song. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. the I want song. But that actually is the most important song of every musical because that sets up the trajectory for that character. Right. Mm-hmm. Are they going to achieve what they want or is what they want going to be their downfall? And so that is probably, I mean, arguably like that's like the most important song in any musical, the I want song. This is what I want. This is my ambition. This is my desire. And the whole story is you moving to achieve that. And it's like, do you get it? Does it make you happy? Is it good? Or is it what ultimately brings you down? Right. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, I, I, that makes total sense, though. I didn't know that, but, like, that makes total sense that that would be the hardest song to write because that is what sets up that character. And sets up the theme. Yep. So, actually, well, Quentin, you brought up the, uh, the end, and I do, like, that, I think it's so beautiful, like, the who lives, who dies, who tells your story. Um, what did you guys think about the actual ending of the musical, though? Like the gasp. Cutting? Explain it. Explain it to me, please. <laughs> well, but there's. I want to hear what you think. No, because uh, there is no answer. Well, so I don't know if there's an actual answer. The Lynn. So I think the people who were involved in that, it was 
uh, Tommy Kale, the director, Lynn, obviously he wrote it, and then uh, Phil Basu, who played Eliza, they were running um, Marcus Lattimore, who was the uh, composer of everything. Like, I think they were sort of, like, all involved in that, but they – only they know, like, if there is, if there is an actual, like, meaning behind it, they're the only ones that know and they're not telling. Right. What they want is they want everybody to speculate. So Well, she probably well, saw the ghost they, of Hamilton. That's probably mm-hmm. what it is, right? That's the popular one. Yeah. That's uh, that's, I mean, that's a popular theory. That's a popular theory. What about that's you, Amanda? What do you think? Um, for me, um, for me, I think she does see Hamilton, but with all of that, like, for me, like, you know, like, when you die, you see all of the things. You understand there's you, you get all of the knowledge, all of the understanding. Everything comes to fruition. And so part of me also thinks that she sees her doing all this work. And when she sees everything at the end, I think she's looking at the actual stage performance of Hamilton, the audience, and realizing that the story is being told. That's what I think, too. Because oh my God, that's what I think. <laughs> because the story has not been told. I mean, like, yeah. like we said, everybody's just like, we know this guy's like on our money bills, but nobody knew like what Hamilton actually did. And then, I mean, isn't, I mean, yeah, that's to me, like who, who lives, who, who dies, who tells your story. Lynn is telling the story and everybody is doing this performance and that's what it is. I, that's, you know, that's like if I were to play Eliza, that would be my internal dialogue. Okay. And what they've told, what they've told all the Elizas, you know, like now you have like I think there are two or three different because you have obviously right now what's on Broadway, um, and then you have the standing show in Chicago. There's a standing show in L.A. I think now there might be standing shows in London and Sydney, Australia. And then now that you have the tour. I think there might be two or three touring companies, but apparently everyone who's ever played Eliza, like they are told, like, like it's it's a different the way that that actress will do that gasp. It is different every time because they are told to interpret that moment how you think it is. Like, what do you think Eliza is seeing? So, um, and because you can't, and you know, and. Be, not unfortunately, like you shouldn't, like you can't take a performance of like a show, but I would just love to see a compilation of like all the Elizas and just to see that gas. There's, there. There's one out there. I'll send it to there you. There is. Oh, okay. Cause I just, I'm like, because they do it different all the time. And even the actress, Philippa Sue, who the original Eliza, like she, she's, she does, she's like, I think I did it differently every time because. Oh, I love that. Because for her, like, whatever she was feeling at the moment, like, she'd kind of maybe change, like, what that meant. But I am with you, Amanda. I kind of feel like it was more of a fourth wall breaking. Like, it's her looking at the audience and being like, oh, my God, the story's been told and you're and you have basically experienced the story. Yeah, that's that. That's just kind of how I felt. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. But now I was going to ask you guys about. It's actually uh, I go back and forth on what one of my favorite my favorite song, but it's totally grown on me. It wasn't my favorite the first time I watched, but now 
watching through it, but the room where it happens. That's my ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. It's a, I, I alternate between that or Washington on your side. Nice. What did you but think about my ringtones? But Clinton, well, what did you think about that song with uh with Burr? Because I feel like we haven't talked about Burr oh, a you're lot. Right? Yeah. What, and I feel kind of bad because I mean, yes, so thing happened, but I think ugh. I think they did a good job with Burr's character throughout this whole thing because they set him up as I mean, in the first freaking uh, like three minutes, you know that he shoots Hamilton. Right. And like spoilers for, for me. Yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> like when I heard him say that, I was like, what? Um, and so like, I didn't know how he died. I don't like, I don't know anything about Hamilton because I never, you know, paid attention to that. So hearing like his character arc throughout this whole film of him being his friend and slowly descending into this guy that feels like, Hamilton's getting everything he wants and Burr's being left on the sidelines. I mean, am I, am I right in saying that? I know you're right. totally. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just make it sure. I, a lot of rapping. Okay. <laughs> you just got to yeah. make sure that you're listening at all. But, uh, yeah. Turn on the captions, kids. I, yeah, please. Um, but I think that's a big thing as to, why that song uh is it into the room you said or what's it called the br- the room where it happens oh the room where it happens. happens he's not there like he's on the outside and i feel like that's been mostly where his character has been is on the outside i mean he has this relationship with a married woman and they have a daughter with the same name as the as the uh woman and i feel like he does he just doesn't have a lot to show for it and like the beginning and middle of the uh the musical here and it's just kind of like a a knife deeper in with that song the room where it happened because he's not there but and that's by his own doing though because he he's cautious he's not going to show he well he wants to see where the advantages are like his strategy is to sit back and see okay i'll pick a side but I want to make sure I'm on the winning side. So he kind of bases his principles on that, you know, whereas right. Hamilton's like, this is what I believe in. And I don't care whether it's the losing side or not. Like I'm going for it, you know, and it's that the reckless, like in some ways it's reckless, but it's also that passion that Burr lacked. Like Burr was a lot more Burr was in some ways, maybe, the better politician just in terms of strategy because he never showed all of his cards like Hamilton was like I, I mean he just he would just run through walls he's an cannonball you know like he just didn't mm-hmm. care he was like this is my point I'm gonna make my point these are my beliefs I'm sticking to them boom here it is and like he Hamilton it never seemed like he strategized like you know and Burr would take a step back and say okay like, where are all the pieces right now? Like, yeah. this might be what I believe in, but I'm not going to, like, show that because I need to know, like, which way things are leaning. But how but then, relevant is that to today? Oh, like, completely. Here, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But then when you – but if you take that more passive route, 
then you're not ever going to be in the room because right. in order to be in the room, you have to, in some ways, just be a little reckless. Yeah, whether you're doing um, <laughs> Black Lives Matter protest or right. Trump protest at the Capitol building, you have to pick a side. Yeah. And so you can't be in the middle. <laughs> no. And that's where, like me watching this, that's where my brain went, where I was like, this guy is the guy that's just like floating in the middle being like, I don't know what things are going to do or what's happening right now. Which is why he's the best narrator. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because he doesn't ever take a stance. I mean, and that, and the whole throughout the whole musical, they're like, Hamilton's kind of goading him. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, he's like, you, know, you can wait for it all you want, but <laughs> I like, mean, need, uh, yeah, he tells him, like, if you want your woman, why not take your woman? You know, yep. which, you know, whatever. But, <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, like and if you if you can't pick a side, like, how do you how do you where are you going? Where are you going to fall? Like, if you can't. Because, yeah, that whole beginning, that whole beginning scene where they're all in the bar and they're hanging out together and we meet the first um, group of characters, you know, like Hamilton comes in and he's like, yo, dudes. And they're like, hey, who is this guy? But we like him. Let's let him tell everybody what's going on. But then Burr, like they're like, hey, Burr, come and say something. Come, come spit with us. Come you know, like crap with us. And he's like, yeah, I'm just going to go sit over here. And yeah, exactly. Kind of his personality the whole way through. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, um, I mean, even the whole thing when like he decides, you know, he's gonna, when he takes the uh, Senate seat from uh, Hamilton's father-in-law, he switches parties just because like, if he stayed in his own party, then he wasn't going to move up. Yep. Which, I mean, it's like that's not why you should switch party political parties. Like you should switch political parties because one has like one values that's ideas and philosophies in. that mm-hmm. are lying with yours. You shouldn't just be like, okay, well, I can't move up in my own political party. I'm so going to take this other one. Which yeah, I'm just gonna switch. Vaguely familiar. Yeah, it's so familiar. <laughs> yeah, 250 years later, boom, that's where we are, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, how much has actually changed? So, isn't that so crazy though? That yeah. this musical that takes—I mean, it's not just in 1776. It takes—I mean, it's over a timeline, you know, but. Yeah, the concepts of this musical that are so still relatable to current everything's. Yeah, it's bonkers. It is. Yeah, <laughs> it blows my mind. It really <laughs> does. Like, so much has changed, and so much still needs to change. But some of the core concepts that are still mirrored. Between then and now, I'm just like, huh, what? And what's so crazy is like when Hamilton came out, and yes, I will, Lemon Miranda is a genius. He cannot foresee the future. Like a lot of this was just flat out luck. 
in the timing. Because when this came out, so this started out in 2015 off Broadway. And then in 2016, it moved to, to, to Broadway itself. I mean, 2016 was a pivotal year in American politics. It was almost like this could not, this musical could not have come out at a more poignant time. Isn't the timing just crazy? I mean, the timing is crazy. And like, again, like when they're in the production part of this, like in 2014, like there's no way to know what was happening. You don't, you, there's, you don't know what's going to happen in American politics a year later. Right. And then mm-hmm. like, Suddenly, 2016, it, 2015, someone decides he's going to run for president, and you're like, he's not going to be the Republican uh, candidate. <laughs> There's no way it's going to happen. And then 2016 comes about, and it's like, oh, okay, he's going to be the he's going to be the Republican candidate. He's like, There's no way he's going to be the president. He's the president. <laughs> but like, so. You know, like the musical, like there's no way you can. None of this was foreseen, right? So, like, there's this mm-hmm. musical just came, it just happened. It was just by pure coincidence, and I of, think like it's when it came beautiful. out, it's beautiful. But like, my God, like the timing of all of it was like, wow. It's just I I love it. I embrace it, and I feel like this is whatever. <laughs> all these people, Lynn. Uh, in the cosmic universe and the powers that be, it was supposed to happen this way. Yeah, I think because, so. Because, like I said, like the reaction videos that I've been watching, this filmed production has reached so many people that would have never been able to see this musical that need to see it. Yeah. to see it. Mm-hmm. It's their right to see it. Yeah, and I think that, that is a problem with musicals. Oh, it's mm-hmm. a problem with theater. The problem with theater is, yep. theater's expensive. It's mm-hmm. expensive, and, and it's expensive for a reason. I mean, yeah, the theater oh, people no. don't make money either. So no, no, and like I mean, and and so there, uh, yeah, and so but it is so expensive to go see a show, even if it's not on Broadway. I mean, my God, Hamilton tickets on Hamilton for for not the original cast. We're over a thousand dollars. Yep. On Broadway, and not even with the original cast. And so, I mean, they were like, it, it, and it's and not only like if you could even they were sold out. Also, like you, just, the tickets Always. weren't available. Period. Um, which, by the way, the, the and there's a great joke. Like, so Lynn and all right, he hosted Saturday Night Live in 2016, and he was great in it. But in his opening monologue, he he chose to do the one on Saturday Live where like you do like the you walk around the studio, and like he runs into Lauren Michaels, and then Lauren's like, "Hey, do you think I get some Hamilton tickets?" <laughs> and then Lynn's like, "I mean, I I mean I don't know. He's like, I can't guarantee anything. I mean, I'm gonna try, but I can't promise you anything." And then as like Lynn walks away, Lauren Michaels like, "I mean, he's like I will do a matinee, like." I'll do anything for tickets. Like, so <laughs> tickets just aren't even available. Right. And if they are available, they are astronomically, like, expensive. Like, in New York City, um, like, I got lucky the first time I saw it in Chicago because my sister had tickets. Um, and my sister doesn't have to worry about money, and that's nice for her. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, and then when it came, when they went on tour, like my husband and I, like we stood in line for three hours. Um, which, by the way, I will 
this is my experience at comic book conventions. Like I learned how lines work because the email that went out said the line does not start until seven o'clock. Wow. So basically that meant like you could show yeah. up as early as you wanted to and you might form a line, but that's not the line. And of course, when we showed up, we showed up about like 640, about 20 minutes before they were actually going to start selling tickets. Right. And there was already a line formed, right? And I told my husband, I was like, that's not going to be the line because they specifically made it clear there is no line until 7 o'clock in the morning. So I told my husband, I was like, why don't you go? I said, you go over to this side. I said, I'm going to stand here. I said, because I guarantee you that's not the line. And I was right. And where I was standing, two guys just walked over. They even announced it. They just walked over and they just like moved the fence a little bit. And they were like, this is the line. And I just walked right. I was third in line. Wow. And I just texted. And then I texted my husband. I was like, I'm in line. Come meet me. Um, That's amazing. But this is, but you know what? Combat conventions. I learned. (laughs) Because when they say there is no line until this time, they mean that. Right. And so (laughs) if there is a line that forms, they will purposely make sure that that isn't the line. And so all the people that were standing in this fake line where they felt the line, oh, my God, their faces were like, wait, what's happening right now? And I was like, maybe you should be geekier and go to combat conventions and you'll learn a lesson. Exactly. About how lines work. But, we, <laughs> but then we had to sit there because the tickets didn't go on sale until 10 o'clock in the morning. So we sat there for three hours And I think my husband also, like, just because he was like, you never know what's going to happen. So he, you could try to get them online. And what you do is, like, at 7 o'clock, like, you can log in. And then at 10, what they do is, like, they randomize, like, everyone in this virtual waiting room. Right. And we were, like, number, like, (gasps) 10,725 in line. That's insane. In the virtual, like, thing. So... Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, those tickets, they sold out in that first hour of Ring Art Center. I didn't know that, that that's how it also worked in Chicago. In Chicago, yes. Um, and every time I actually had to go to Chicago a lot in 2017 for work, and I tried to do the lottery where you, like, mm-hmm. email them the day before. Right. And then they'll email you, and it's, like, $10 tickets or something. Yeah, I never won the lottery. Oh, Damn, it just seems stressful to enjoy theater. (laughs) It kind of is. It it can be. It really can be. I I don't know if I want to go now. Yeah. (laughs) It's different in Kansas City and St. Louis. Yes, very much. I mean, I feel like they're treated treated like (laughs) concerts, you know. You just kind of do your thing and hopefully get lucky. But there, it just seems like it's... Well, look, I'm willing to sell my leg and part of my finger. Oh, no. See, I feel like even where you guys are, though, if it's Hamilton, that's that. That's like how, like, I mean, I live in South Carolina. True. You yeah. Know? But, like, because it was Hamilton, it was, like, it was such a big deal. Man. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, even my parents were like, what is this Hamilton thing? <laughs> right. And I'm like... And I tried to show it to them on Disney Plus. I think for them, like they probably need to be in a theater to watch it. You know, they're they're older and they're they're Korean. Um, I think watch 
they, I tried to show it to them over Thanksgiving, and um, they were just sort of not interested. Right. Um, they hate rap music. Um, um, they, they, I love my parents. They fall on a certain political party line that I don't uh, adhere to. So, um, <laughs> right. They, they don't think they appreciate this version of American history. So, um. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, kind of a mix of bags that just won't really go together. So. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, because then they were just like, I mean, I love my parents so much, but I think when I tried showing it to her, they gave me my mom was like, like, George Washington wasn't black though, and I was like, oh god. And I was like, and then I said, no, mom, he wasn't. She was like, well, then why? Like, has a black guy to play? And I'm like, oh my god. Just went downhill from there. That's not the point. I, just went, I think I turned it off at that point. I was like, okay, you know what? This is like, this is pointless. So, yeah. Jeez. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it, I mean, we could go ahead. <laughs> and I was just saying, like. June and I could probably talk about this for another two hours, but we yeah. probably need to wrap. Yeah, let's try to cap yeah, this up. I know. Um, I will ask, and uh, I'm really, yeah, I just, I feel like I know the answers, but we're going to rate this thing. <laughs> and I honestly want to save uh, June's rating for last because this is her, her big film, like her, like, and her debut on The Real Zodiac. So mm-hmm. I think. I'll have Amanda go first. Yeah, of course. I'm gonna. I mean, I'm gonna give this like the highest or, or, or three out of the rating. <laughs> one, two, three. But um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Um, yeah. <laughs> You're giving it a nine out of three. <laughs> right. Yeah. But yeah, just just everything. Whatever. I'm a theater rat and. This was better than I expected, actually. I was hesitant to watch this because I was like, a film stage production? I don't know. I don't think it'll be good. And, you know, the way people would describe Hamilton to me previous were just like, oh, it's like the story of Hamilton and the Founding Fathers, but it's people of color. And I was like, uh, okay. Just kind of like basically like Lynn's basis where people are like um what and i all the hype i saw all the hype about it and i was like uh, i'm one of those people where if the hype's crazy then i'm like i don't know i don't think i'll do it but um this lives up to the hype this is fantastic yeah highest of ratings all right well I hope you guys are proud of yourselves because you definitely brought me brought my rating up just in these few hours. I was Aww. I was going to be sitting at maybe a 1.5 because like I said I'm not into musicals as much as my cohorts here. But to the point where you guys everything that you talked about really stuck with me. And I'm just going to tell you why I was going to give it a 1.5, and then I'll talk about why it, it yeah. went up from there. I was going to give this a 1.5 because I'm sorry to say it, but this is way too long. Like, it's just a very long movie. And I'm not saying that, like, the music wasn't good enough to last that long. It's just – and I don't even know what I would cut because everything works as, like, a flowing, moving – fluid piece of music throughout the whole thing but it's just two hours and 40 minutes just sitting there 
and I just, I don't know, I felt a little like, oh man, I got to go up, get up and do something, you know, and in a theater setting, I mean, you have the intermission, which is nice, and I mean, when that intermission came in, I did, I paused it, I was like, all right, I'm going to get my soda and popcorn, and you know, no, but I, I like, I needed it, you know, and I don't know, it, it just, yeah, I'm just going to say it was just a little too long for me, um, but the music really saved it for me and made me not want to do it any lower because this is, this is just such an interesting musical to kind of dive into and for it being so recent, like it just, and it, and seeing the phenomenon that it's become in just a short amount of time, like uh, it's crazy. So I have to give it its props there, but hearing you guys talk about this and especially you June just the way like the passion you have for this has obviously like it stuck with me and Amanda with you in theater like I'm looking at it in kind of a new light here and I'm bringing it up to a 2.5 like I just the the way and it's gotten to the point we need to see a musical in St. Louis oh I would love that when it comes to St. Louis we're all going okay I'll come to say I've actually never been there. I'll go. I've never been to Missouri. I'm telling you right now, I will do that easily. Yay! Um, Yay! I'm telling you this is that as gives well. me goosebumps and makes me tear up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! I I will be listening to the soundtrack again without like the musical going on in the background because I just want to listen to the I want to listen to the songs more. I want it to become more like. You know, like, you know how you listen to an album the first time and some of the things you just don't get, or it just sounds like, okay, that's a mm-hmm. song, you know? I want, I want to be more familiar with it to the point where, like, I, I can kind of understand everything. Then watch it again. I want to do that because I want to, I, I want to take more out of it because, like I said, this was my first time watching. I've only watched it once, uh, entirely throughout this whole thing and, I want to give it another chance. I want to. I want to watch it again, and that is surprising to me because going into this, I was like, "Nah." I mean, it was good, but I don't think I'll ever take part in it again. You know, like I don't think I'll probably ever watch this again. But hearing it and like being able to dive through it with two people that enjoy this so much has turned Aww. me over. So. Yeah. That's awesome. Like, theater oh is a different world. It is a different world. That's why. Yeah. It's a different world. And I think that's why um, I'll just say, like, because all of the elements that happen in theater, I think that's um, why I like Tarantino movies, because those movies have all of these yeah. individual elements and layers and things like that. So filmmakers that do things that are like theater is why I favor a lot of those like writers and directors. And now I, I get it. Sense. Yeah, I get yeah. that. Okay. Mm-hmm. That makes so much more sense as to what, dude, it's like, it's like we hit a milestone, Amanda. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I said, I was like so anxious and waiting for like this recording tonight, like this whole week, because I knew where June was. I know where I was and I knew where you were, Quentin. And I was like, 
Oh, this is going to be an interesting recording. <laughs> yeah, I was afraid that like this was going to cut ties with with June and you, and you're going to be like, "Quentin, what is wrong with you?" <laughs> oh, no. Just like a shaving, you know. No. But no, yeah, you guys no, I did think it. I think the world knows my stance on this because <laughs> I've talked about this. This is the third time on a podcast that I've talked about this. <laughs> right, and I talked about a pop culture leftover. I talked about it um, on movies from the heart. So, yeah, so, uh, I mean, uh, please give us, a, just humor us with your rating. I mean, it's the top, it's the three, it's the, the hundred out of three. <laughs> it's three, two, it's three pi to the square root of, you know, M- A, <laughs> you know, M, yeah, infinity, you know, MC equals something squared, I don't know, whatever, you know, all of that. So, I mean, this is... Like the music, this is just something I never seen before on stage, and it was just so innovative. I love what Lynn was doing in terms of like casting people of color in these historically white roles, and it just everything about it, it just emotionally resonated with me. Um, I think it's such a great commentary on not just American history, but you know, our current political system right now and how politics currently work in our, in our country and I think he cast the perfect people for these roles I mean like everything about this for me it was almost it's like it's perfection and I mean I'm just in awe of the fact that again like just these concepts they came together to and yeah they just like came together and like you just never would have like ever put these together and so um I'm so glad that you did like it, though, uh, Quentin. And so um, I like, you know, I, I understand not everyone's in a musical theater and not everyone's going to love this. But when people do, I'm like, I get so excited and I get I just it makes me so happy. So I, I will. Yeah, say, I'm glad. Yeah. Give me give me like a couple months and then talk to me about this. And it might actually just go up to a three because I'm already thinking about the next time I'm going to watch this because I, I probably am going to be watching this again real soon. Um, you need to, like, are you into, uh, like, have you listened to a lot of, like, 90s and early 2000s, like, hip-hop and rap? Yeah, of course. I mean. Okay. Yeah. I was like, yeah, like, definitely, and, like, just even other musicals, because a ton of musicals are actually referenced in this, which mm-hmm. is super nerdy. Right. But, yeah. Uh, and I would recommend, um, Clinton, you're, you are a big music guy, um. Honestly, if you like listen to the Hamilton mixtape, um, yeah, that was like, going to be my next because, stop. Yeah, no, I think you'll really like it because it is a lot of songs from the musical, obviously remixed. Like he's got the roots on there. He collaborates with Chance the Rapper and with Kelly Clarkson and um, with Nas, and it's it's a, the way that these songs are sort of are sort of reinvented mm-hmm. and the lyrics are at they then a lot of lyrics are changed to sort of to be more current but yeah it's um and i think regina specter yep he does uh the fear the dear theodosia song the one that um Ooh, burr okay. and uh he does that with uh regina specter oh my nice. gosh okay stop it's beautiful <laughs> and it's beautiful yeah so definitely check out the mixtape because it's it's fantastic. Yes, I I promise you, I will get back to you on it too because uh, I I understand the high that you get whenever somebody enjoys something that you uh, 
like put all your passion and like faith into, I get that completely. So I'm there. I get it. Yay. Um, but yeah, I, I can't thank you enough, June, for coming on this really special musical episode. Like this is you're we're making history. This is our first musical episode that the real Zodiac has done. And I'm glad it was Hamilton. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad you guys like, Asked me to be a part of it because I love both of you. Aww. I do, and I actually I oh, love, I love and actually I love y'all's uh, um, I love I love this show, and actually I'm I'm so behind on everyone's podcast, but like I just listened to the one you guys did with uh, Chris Hudat, the Varsity Blues one. Oh my gosh! Oh my yeah. gosh! Listen to that. <laughs> yes, it's yeah, so amazing. So yeah. that one was so. Oh my god! Like you guys, this is a great show, and I am so excited that I finally got to be on it. Yes, and Yay. please know you're you're coming back. I mean, we got to have you back. So. Oh, that makes me so excited. Oh, I now I'm pumped. Yeah. Um, and the big thing is, I mean, you know, we didn't even ask you this. We have to make sure to ask her this, Amanda, before she gets off here. Yeah. Um, but you're on for any genre that you want. So we have to know because we didn't even, because we knew how excited you were and you were like bursting at the seams to talk about this film that we wanted to like get going right away. But we have to ask you, what is some of your favorite genres? Or if you have one genre that you love more than anything else? You know what? I will say I pretty much like all film genres except horror. Okay. Like I am, I get scared over everything okay no i'm not kidding like there's a documentary about slender man it's not even a slender man like horror movie it's just a documentary about the slender man phenomena like phenomenon and like i made like i made my husband because it was my turn to take the dog out because that's out we're you know we're, we're balanced and we're equal right. and it was my turn to take the dog out but it was nighttime and I was scared, and so I made him. I was like, "You have to come with me to take the dog out because I'm scared." I swear to God, he if I like, see a guy just... in a suit, I'm out. You know, like I mean... yeah, like that's like I get scared of a documentary about Slender Man. Right. Like so, yeah, horror is the only genre that like I'm like no, like absolutely not. But I am game for any genre. Okay, yeah, I mean besides horror, besides horror, of course, of course. we won't we won't do that to you. I promise. Um, yeah, you are welcome back anytime. If there's like a movie that you're passionate about, you need to talk about, hit us up. We're, you know, we're definitely, we're open to anything. And we love having like people who are passionate about their films. That's what the whole point of this podcast mm-hmm. is. About love, man. Yeah. Yes. Very much so. And it's so evident. So thank you. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that is our episode on Hamilton. We, are so happy to be back for 2021. Um, Amanda, like, I'm so excited to see what, like, our movies are that we're going to be doing this year. Yay. And our bonus reels. Like, I cannot wait Ooh. to do some of these movies that are coming out finally. Um, just saying, we just got the news that Godzilla vs. Kong is coming out in March, and I am going to flip oh. my lid. Yep. Yep. And I know you <laughs> wait, you wait, are extremely excited. <laughs> wait, in theaters or in Both. like streaming? Hybrid. It's okay. Yeah. So I'm honestly I might skip the theater and just see it on HBO Max because I oh my god, I can't wait. And I know that because of your other podcasts there, Amanda. <laughs> I know you guys yeah. are because of the That's Monster Podcast. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh man. 
I can't wait to hear your guys' thoughts on that. Um, but yeah, for the oh people who God. don't know, please, can you tell us what that podcast is, Amanda? Yeah, it's a Leftover Army Monsters podcast on the Leftover Army page, and we talk about all things kaiju. So Godzilla, King Kong, all of them. Yeah. And they really love Power Rangers. That's their favorite. <laughs> we do not love Power Rangers. Honestly, it's Amanda's favorite, like, over everything. Not my favorite. <laughs> you and Eric love the Power Rangers. Yes. <laughs> I remember being on that episode whenever you guys did, I think it was Mighty Morphin, uh, what mm-hmm. we talked about. Was it season one or season two? I think it was season one because I went back and mm-hmm. watched like almost all season one, and then he's like, "Hey, we're just doing a few of the episodes," and I was like, "Are you fucking serious?" <laughs> but I understand. Like, no, just like most of them. Yeah, most of them. Most of them. <laughs> you know, like the monsters were cool. The creatures were great. Yeah. But yeah, that so out. I mean, it was out of my element at that time of my age. And it's weird, isn't it? Bizarre. Like when you're in that um, age bubble. Versus being ten versus fifteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like my, my at ten years old you're into it, but at fifteen you're like, uh gross. Yeah, I wish that was the case for me. Um my <laughs> my cousin used to piss me off. He'd call them potty trainers. Like that's oh, what he would call no. them. Like, no, it's not their name. You know, and it gets so like angry. Oh <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's Amanda's other podcast. June, I and please tell me if I'm wrong here. I don't think you are on like, like you have your own podcast, right? No. But um, no, I actually I don't know how podcasts actually work. I don't know the mechanics of it. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I just kind of just bounce around other people's. But you know, every once in a while, I can be found on uh, Pop Culture Leftovers, and um, I guess I am regularly on. Um, Back to the MCU, which is um, spoilers, one of Spoiler Steve's many podcasts. Yes. And actually, tomorrow, tomorrow I'm actually recording with Cast with Spoiler Steve, with Cast. Oh, my gosh. That is awesome. I love nice. Spoiler Steve. I love Kova. I, I, I think that they are doing some excellent things this year. I mean, am I wrong in saying that? They are, like, nope. churning oh, out are. episodes. You know what? We'll get Kenny this time because, unfortunately, the Steelers are no longer playing football this year. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm not um, football anymore. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, so I will be talking to Kenny finally. I don't think I've talked to Kenny in months. So. Right. That's awesome. I, yeah. I, I'm excited because, I mean, I, I'm not trying to spoil the show, but I'll be on there soon too so i'm really excited oh yay i love steve i love talking to him he's just such a down-to-earth guy yeah agree yeah check out scenic cast yeah we're we're plugging that show and also pop culture leftovers also give some love to heroes of noise and the leftover monsters podcast um movies from the heart movies from the heart and uh uh, the animated my Batcast. My one white friend, my one black, yep. Yep. and then my yeah, animated Batcast. Uh, my one, my white, one friend. white friend, my one, yep. <laughs> my one black friend, <laughs> uh, Kristen Dakeem. and uh, gosh, we have a bunch of other ones though. Oh my um, gosh, you're telling me. Uh, there's so many of them. Attention we deficit, huge family disorder, or tales from the yard. Oh, can we not tales from the, the yard, guys? Come on, tales from, from the, the yard. Card cast. Yes, Picard cast with the Rebecca sh- and Brooke. Sh- 
The smorgasbord. Oh my gosh! Yes, <laughs> dude, Neil, Neil's my Neil dude. And Steve. Yeah, those are my guys. And I mean, if you want more of me and uh, Steve Hudson, uh, we do um, the Magical Mystery Four, where we talk all Beatles and we go through yes. each song. Ooh! So, and we do that with my uh, coworker and my mother, <laughs> who is not that... a Beatles fan. So it's even better getting her opinion. So. Oh my goodness. That's oh, how, that's wrong. amazing. Yeah, my I yeah, I mean obviously I love her too, but man, she is so much fun to like get on the mic with. So, yeah, that's about something she doesn't like. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> We've had her on here a couple times. We did a Toy Story but with her. She's so good at it though. She is. I said, "Mom, you should have your own freaking talk show." And she goes, "I don't know how to do any of that." So, <laughs> I just oh. I told her I'll produce it, you know, I'll just get some of the money. We'll go from there. But yeah. I think we could raise some money for that. Yeah. I would do that. <laughs> June, it's always a blast talking to you on and off air. Like you were just you were so nice and so sweet to come on and Aww. just gush about uh a musical that really like I just I love that. And I know Amanda does too. So like we're <laughs> we're excited for this year. We're excited with all our new uh people we're gonna have on. Um, we're gonna have returning guests too. Like it's just gonna be a good year of movies. We're I'm I'm saying that in confidence. So please don't fuck it up, people. <laughs> <laughs> please. So, but yeah, I think we're gonna end it there. Um, thanks again, Amanda, and thank you, June. And I am Quentin. We of are course. Real Zodiac, and we will catch you later. Keep it real. Mm-hmm.